All right, everybody. It's lunchtime. Get your microwave meals out. They you you've pierced the film and they've sat for two minutes. It's time to eat. Dan, I Properly hope that you're vented. ready to go. Properly oh, yeah. vented. That's important. Yes, it is. It is very important. We don't need any microwave destruction. No atomic bombs in the microwave. <laughs> the rest of the office will be very upset. Mm-hmm. And if you work from home like me, your wife or significant other will be very upset. So these are important things. Dan, I have a feeling you're doing all right today. I'm doing great, dude. I'm doing great. What a weekend for Clemson Athletics. Things are really turning on the page for you. Oh, my gosh. I mean, Tyler from Spartanburg was the catalyst. No, Tyler. Tyler. I mean, Friday night, beat UAB in basketball. A pretty good UAB team. It was a thriller. Win that one. That was round one of the Harris-Cherokee-Asheville in-season tournament championship. Quad, whatever you want to call it. I don't know, four-team playoff. Mega death um, extravaganza. What yes. kind of name is this? Oh my <laughs> word! It takes five minutes. Uh, Clemson football looked looked good. That was the first time I've seen Clemson just kill somebody in a while. Georgia Tech on Saturday. That was wonderful. Lovely that made, me, made me very happy. And then come on back against Davidson for the Harris Cherokee Asheville in season tournament championship championship mega, game. Mega death extravaganza. Yeah. Beat them. By three, got a huge win. Tigers basketball three and zero on the year. Perfect Clemson weekend. Loved it. Come on, go Tigers, man. Yes. Well, Georgia also had quite a good weekend. Poor Lane Kiffin. Let's. <laughs> I mean, is anyone really feeling bad for Lane Kiffin? Now? No, no. I mean, you know me. Lane Kiffin is my favorite person to make fun of. I mean, sure. It was it was wonderful. I I was coming into this game ready for a close one. Looked like it might have been from the first few minutes. And you know everybody's like, "Well, Georgia don't play nobody." It's like, "Well, they they have now. They just kill everybody. It's not and, their fault." Um, uh, the Kentucky and Ole Miss games were some of the ones that were supposed to be our biggest tests, and we scored fifty points in each of them. So it is what it is. Um, and we talked about this a little bit before the show began, Dan. I need people to start putting some respect on Carson Beck's name. Indeed. This guy has been wildly efficient. It is his first year. And no, yeah, he's been here. He's been learning the system. and He's been practicing. He's been playing in practice. Some better defenses than people are fielding every Saturday. But this guy has just done everything you could have hoped he'd do. And, and more, honestly. And so I have not felt the need to be like, oh, Carson, come on, man. Like, guy is playing some excellent ball right now. And so that's not going to mean much to a lot of people coming from me. But just, dude, I've just been so pleased with how he's playing. And I just felt like it's nice to recognize that because I've, I've seen worse in my lifetime, for sure. And this guy's playing some great football. He he's a real deal, dude. I I watch him throw, and I watch maybe outside of like Caleb Williams and and Penix. I mean, I feel like he's as good at any of them. When he's in the pocket, I I mean, I'd put him up there 
I mean, maybe Drake May can throw a better deep ball, but not by much. I mean, he's he's right up there with some of the best in the country and how he can facilitate, how he can hit guys, how he can throw get the ball to turn over on those deep throws. I mean, he's he's got it all. He can run yeah. a little bit. He did he did um throw in a little short to Ladd McConkey this weekend, but I mean, he's just, he's just playing smart, you know? He it's, is. It's like, even if he's not playing flashy, he's just playing smart. You and think we see him in New York? I, I have a bad feeling we're not going to see him in New York. There's just kind of a lot of... There is. A, a lot yeah. of candidates out there. Um, and, and we can save this even for a little bit, of, but it's like the Heisman discussion's roaring right now, and you're, you're kind of going to get spaced out a little between the... Jaden Daniels, Bo Nix. Actually, Bo Nix has the best odds right now, Which, Vegas-wise. Okay. <sighs> I sent us off now. And here's the deal. Derailed. It, what's funny about this is I predicted Bo Nix to win the Heisman before the season started. So I'm going against my own thoughts here. But if anyone other than Jaden Daniels wins the Heisman, I'm gonna I'm gonna pitch a fit. I, I'm I'm gonna you're gonna have to put me in timeout. It's Jaden Daniels is so far and away the best quarterback in the country right now. Like stats wise, what he does for his team, and the only reason he's not going to get it is because his team's not in playoff contention, and that makes me so angry. Mm-hmm. That just cannot stand it, and it yeah. it lends to a bigger issue that I really don't like what the playoff has done to college football, where it's just if you're not in the playoff, you just don't matter, and that happens on a lot of different levels. But it's happening potentially with the Heisman this year, and it just, like, Jaden Daniels has been that guy. Well, just wait for the expanded playoff. I'm going to pitch a fit. I'm going to pitch a fit, Jacob. That's where we're going to put the episode. Oh, use my my full name. Use your full name. Yeah, when I use your full name, you know I'm upset. Yeah, my my birth name. Goodness gracious. (laughs) I could do 70 minutes on how much I hate the Heisman. 70 minutes. It's Maybe right. more. We'll save that. Maybe we'll 80. save that for the off season. Maybe 80. I don't know, man. I might get crazy. I might just even sit that episode out. I'll go on vacation that week and just... I'll do a that'll solo be the pod. episode. Yeah. Solo pod of Dan's Heisman rant. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it already. Oh, man. Well, it was an exciting weekend to say the least. And um, even in the EPL world, hey, we got a little love from our EPL listeners. Warms our heart. And rightfully so, because it's it's a little wild in the Premier League right now. Mm-hmm. Your Chelsea Blues had a pretty exciting match there with the Man City. We are back. We are officially back. <laughs> we scored the first goal against Man City since we beat them. Kai Havertz hit that stunner to beat them in the Champions League final in 2021, way back then. I mean... It had been a long time since we had rung one against those guys, and we and we rung four in a game that just had everything. It was back and forth. It was electric. Pochettino's got the fellas playing really well, really well right now. I think I think Chelsea's been reborn a little bit. I'm pretty pumped. Your Chelsea Blues, man. Yeah, well, Liverpool yeah, that was definitely exciting. Um I'm blanking on his name right now. Cole Palmer? A Palmer? Oh, just the man? Yeah. yeah, he's... That guy's gonna... He's the chosen one. He is incredible. Breaking into the other clubs' huddles and whatnot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love intel. it. I love having a troll on our team. It's it's great. <laughs> oh, man. It, it was really something. That's for sure. So, uh, yeah, dude. It's... Uh, 
the table is shaping up. Your your blues are there in the top ten. So yeah. that's that's all we want out of this year. Just finish finished in the top half. There you go. Hey, the the Tottenham Hotspurs, how far far have we fallen? Uh drop down to fourth. Two here straight now. L's. Do that Two straight you. L's. Hand them over. Um moved up there for my for my Reds from a Liverpool club. They're sitting there right behind Man City. And as a matter of fact, the next fixture for my Reds is Man City, Saturday, November 25th. I'm fired up. That is going to be fun. Winner will probably be sitting at the top, depending on what happens this weekend. Yeah. So, guys, if you're not, if you're not tuned in and you're checking in with EPL, what are you doing? Oh no, Burnley's at the bottom. Yeah, Dude Perfect is crying right now. Yes, the that's JJ Watt's team. And Dude Perfect, yeah. And Dude Perfect. Oh, they do they own it too? They own it together, yeah. Oh. Or they own a stake. Both of them do. Okay, well then I might be glad that they're at the bottom. Then now, what's your deal with Dude Perfect? Oh man, I could do ninety minutes on Dude Perfect. <laughs> So one week in the off season is Dan's <laughs> rant on the Heisman, and then the next month is Dan's rant on Dude Perfect. We'll title the we'll title that episode "Why Dude Perfect Will Never Win a Heisman." <laughs> <laughs> and people have to come back and watch this week's episode, watch episode thirteen, to understand what in the world is going on. That's right. Cite your sources. In in thirty seconds or less, what's your beef with Dude Perfect? I, I can't. I can't. It, I can't. It's They're got super. It. They have a whole brand. Like these guys are killing it. Yeah, uh, I can't. I can't do it in that short amount of time, dude. It's just. It's. It's not. Do you think it's fake? You think it's all fake? I think most of it's fake. Yeah. That's wow. The crux of it, sure. Um, hot takes. Yeah. Hot takes, man. Well, I'm gonna toss a coin because <laughs> otherwise we're gonna really get me out of this, this episode. <laughs> Dan's got nine eighty to ninety minutes of something he could say. So yeah, you better you better end this quick, or the purple hoser fans are going to come after me. Oh, you better not fire up the purple hoser <laughs> fans, dude. You'd be you'd be you'd be wishing you hadn't. All right, I'm going back to the well. Tails, flipping the coin. Oh, it's tails. Ooh, let's go. It's been treating me well lately. <laughs> All right, Dan, let's let's mix it up a little bit. Um, let, let's take a break from some of our previous conversation, and I'm going to let you take the coin and get first possession here. I appreciate that because I am pretty jacked up, you know? I'm, I'm excited to be here. Let's do it. Serve up this appetizer for us. Gladly. And I'll do it from a place far, far away. Oh, here we go. A long time ago. Oh, that was out of order. But it's week 10 of NFL credits. Week X. Here we go. Back to Frankfurt, where the NFL apparently wants Germany to know what Big Ten West football looks like. Florida man Minshew was great when he had to be, which was only once. Mac Jones was benched (laughs) after a late pick, so if you're zappy and you know it, clap your hands. If you're zappy and you know it, clap your hands. If you're zappy and you know it and you really want to show it, then you'll throw an interception, lose the game. Oof. Yeah, that was tough. Burrow and the Bengals had a slow start, but a late surge led by Jamar Chase put the Stroud boys between a national nightmare and a hard place. CJ spun it like a DJ, though, 
and the inevitable, inevitable rookie of the year does it again as the Texans walk off the last place Bengals. Oof. Tip drill! A back and forth contest between Baltimore and Cleveland gets turned on its head when Lamar Jackson throws an unfortunate pick six. Deshaun was massaged and ready for a big game, and Hopkins silences the Lambs with a stunning performance in the final minutes. Tell me if you've ever heard that one before. Wake me up when Brocktober ends. Purdy goes for 303 scores, and Lawrence got crane kicked all day during this blowout. After a three-game skid, the once-heralded Niners look as clean as ever off the bye week. Detroit and L.A. played a classic Western shootout for the Angels, and while Jimbo has a fistful of dollars, the Lions head coach may get offered a few dollars more to head back to College Station. That didn't stop the AP's number one Dan from rallying the pride for a walk-off win in Inglewood. Lions 41, Chargers 38. Nice. Any questions? NFL Week 10. There was a lot more singing than I expected this yeah, week. Two songs. <laughs> two, two feature songs. songs. And I, w- I missed the German accent. I mean, we were back in Frankfurt, so I was looking in Frankfurt. I well, was waiting on it's, it. It's kind of like, um, well, I'll give you two reasons why the, we didn't see the German accent. I saw a, uh, a documentary about Auschwitz yesterday, and uh, I just mm. felt like it was uh, going to be not good inspiration for... for sure. Yeah. Um, we can cut that if we need to. Gets a little but dark. That's the truth. I, I didn't want to go to that place after Understood. just being there. Um, <laughs> and honestly, it's like you do one thing and it's like, where do you go from there? I, I felt like other than maybe some bratwurst jokes, I wouldn't have had much much to go off there. And I really wanted to really just, just bury the Patriots quarterback duo there. And I couldn't do that in a German accent, so. Maybe it was just me, and I know he's a grown man, and this is his job. I felt bad for Mac Jones. I, you know, that's what's weird about all this. Never, never should I feel sympathy about a championship-winning quarterback from Alabama who now plays on the New England Patriots. But I kind of feel bad for Mac Jones. I don't know. Yeah, that's a tough sentence. He looks so defeated when he, he was does, just getting dude. demoralized by Bill. This poor guy just had to endure Matt Patricia as his offensive coordinator last year. And now he's got now he gets turned over to Bill O'Brien. Uh, I don't know this this poor guy. It, it's not like he was a just a a ready uh, mound of clay ready to be molded. Like Mac Jones had ten good games in college, and that got him here with some elite receivers, with some elite. very elite talent, and not even receivers either. I mean, running backs mm-hmm. just galore um it's just not working out and i guess bailey zappy will get his chance now but i mean he's already he already kind of had his chance last year too and it didn't quite work out so i don't know where the patriots go from here it's i mean they're probably going to draft a quarterback it's probably going to be drake may or somebody like that for them i don't know but yeah a lot of close games in there and just stuff coming down to the wire and then the jets almost had it garrett wilson Almost got his hands on the ball there in that game. Can we talk about something? Let's talk. That's why we're here. There are a lot of reasons. I, look, I love college football. I like it more than the NFL. I like the NFL a lot. But college football is better than the NFL. Well, yes. One of the many reasons why is this stupid rule about primetime games. 
being set before the season starts. Yeah. What are we thinking? I If I, I have know. to... Well, I'm not going to say if I have to watch them one more time because I did not watch. I'm so sick of the Jets being on nighttime games. I'm so sick of garbage teams that shouldn't be there being playing on Sunday night football. Why are the Raiders playing on Sunday night football? <laughs> I don't know, man. Why? Like College football sets their schedule two weeks in advance so you can get as close as you can to the best possible games at the right moments. And the NFL... Still has not figured that one out. I I don't I don't quite understand. But nonetheless, happy walk off weekend. There was a lot of last minute field goals made to win some teams some games. One against my team, but um, well, my team in question right now. Yeah, your your teams are battling it out. They are, and um, <clears throat> it's it's looking better for the Colts than it is the Falcons. Schedule gets iffy for the Colts. Sure, but. Schedule's easy for the Falcons, and they're still skidding. So yeah, they they still lost close one to those Cardinals. It's pretty bad when you get a, when you get a report from the Athletic that said Arthur Smith will not be fired before the end of the season. <laughs> yes, I saw that as well. That guy, he's a dummy head. He he's just, <laughs> I he's a great offensive mind, but why on earth are you not? Just getting the ball to your targets. He he just he is allergic to passing to London or Pitts. He, he's just allergic to it. He will not do it. Speaking of which, can I go into general danager right now? Go into general danager. I'm about to fix the Falcons. Here we go. We are trading this year's first round pick to the Chicago Bears. In return, we receive Justin Fields. I mean, okay. What, we're gonna I mean, have a very mid round. We're gonna have a very mid round first round pick. We're not gonna do anything with that. We get Justin Fields. Bears are gonna take a quarterback anyway. They need more help than just a quarterback. They're probably gonna get a like a stud wide receiver too. They can use that pick to get a good linebacker, a good offensive lineman, maybe a pass rusher if they want. Help flesh their roster out a little bit. We get Justin Fields. I think Arthur Smith can do a lot with Justin Fields. He wants he wants to run this positionless football offense. You know, run. I feel like Arthur Smith, if he had a guy like this at quarterback, would run something similar to what Baltimore's doing. Not not to that extreme because Justin Fields is not Lamar Jackson, but it could look like that to some degree. I would like to see it. And if it doesn't work out, you can tra- you can just dump Justin Fields in two years. I don't know. But I, I, I'm worth giving it a shot. But then we signed Buda Baker, get some defense, and then we trade Kyle Pitts to another team for a Pro Bowl-ish def- defender, maybe a pass rusher, maybe a – I don't know. Trade him to somebody like the Packers and get a, get a good edge rusher, get a good linebacker, and then they get some help on offense – that's what I would do right now. Okay. I feel like you could at least get another draft pick out of the Bears. You think so? In that situation. You know, maybe like a third, fourth rounder. I'll take that. For, for, yeah. for your number one pick in the upcoming draft, I feel like, surely. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like we're going to be Even picking like... slide out with a late round, like six, seven, I mean... Maybe, yeah. Something. You have a point. I just feel like we're going to have like the 19th pick. So, I don't know how valuable the 19th pick is to the... 
to the Bears. The Bears just they just they're just want to gonna want to get rid of Justin Fields. <laughs> sure. Like we will take him. Yeah, somebody's gonna have to, you know. I mean, he's and you know, serviceable. I'll, look, this is general danager you're talking to. I'll, I'll, I'll negotiate. I'll, I'll see if I can maybe just get us get him for a second rounder. I don't know. We'll we'll see what we can do. Oh, I hear you. Yeah, yeah that yeah. that's your that's your true intention. But you know, you, you kind of you're gonna. I'm trying to be realistic. Yeah, you're gonna lower that asking price first. I'm gonna tell him like, look, you don't. You're gonna draft Caleb Williams. Fine, whatever. Uh, you don't need Justin Fields as a backup. You got Tyson Bajit. I mean, he's the man. It's the guy. He's the guy. He's him. You know who else is him? The pastronaut. The pastor. <laughs> have you seen that one circling around? I have not. I. This is gonna wear off really quickly. This Josh Dobbs season that we're in, but I'm I'm loving it while we're in it. It's great. They're just moving right along, and they're gonna get Justin Jefferson back. Like Vikings are are just kind of. One five in a row. Not skipping a beat, you know? We'll see. We'll see how long it lasts. Um, How are the Steelers six and three? This surprised me. (laughs) This was so surprising. I was like reading through an article talking about, you know, like the tiers. So basically they did a a worse version of your tiers because, of course, it's not as good as the the lunch hour tiers. I mean, come on. Provided by the general manager. But I was reading it and... I was like, hold on, hold on. The Steelers are six and they only lost three games. Now, one of them was kind of odd. It was a big loss to the Texans. One to the 49ers, which and that was in week one. You're like, okay, that makes sense. And a 10-point loss to the Jaguars, but they've got some, I mean, I mean, some respectable wins. Yeah. I mean, they, you know, they took care of the Browns, the Ravens, they beat by a touchdown. I think they beat the Rams while they still had Stafford, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Now they played a close one with Tennessee, which, truth be told, doesn't say much for you this year. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, but we'll see. I mean, it's going to shake out because they're going to play two games against the Bengals down the stretch. But then I don't know what that means either right now anyways. Yeah, that that doesn't tell you anything. Yeah. I mean, are we looking at a playoff team here? Potentially. I could see him sliding in at seven. It shocked me. I was like, Steelers, Packers, ugh, that, that's gross. And then I turn on the TV and I see five and three by their name. And then they go on and win the game. I'm like, how did, what? Mm-hmm. They know how to win games. They're well coached. Tomlin, at it again. Uh, you Mike Greenberg says, let's rename the Coach of the Year Award the Mike Tomlin Award. I like that. <laughs> Mike Greenberg, <laughs> at it again. That man is a genius. Yes, sir. You know what else doesn't tell us anything is that the Giants have been outscored by the Cowboys uh, by 72 points this year. And I still Yeesh. think the Cowboys are not good. The year they're going to have to prove you at some point cuz I mean they just kind of keep on they kind of keep on winning. I mean they're going to have to prove it. They 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 have to play a mixture down the stretch of the Eagles again, Bills, Dolphins, Lions are no slouch. And two games against the Commanders, you know, who knows what's going to happen there. <laughs> yeah, know, they're going to have nine wins max. Max? So they only win three more games? Yeah. I guess. I mean, they they beat the, they probably beat the Panthers next week. Yeah. 
I mean, they're going to at least split with the commanders. I mean, goodness. yeah, that's what I was thinking. Split because the commanders are good enough to to beat them. Yeah, but then there's the the Seahawks and the Lions. LL. Okay then. You heard it here first. Well, there you go. Cowboys are are trash according to the general danager. No, not trash. Nine wins is good. <laughs> it's, it's, are it's, the Cowboys fans going to be happy with a nine win season though? Let me ask you a better question. Are Cowboys fans ever happy? That's a great question. Yeah, that's that's the true question. Oh man. Uh, well, speaking of football in the state of Texas and unhappiness, let's. Uh, I'm going to turn mm. the coin over to you. <laughs> hey, it's my turn. Yeah. Thank you so much for that segue, Dan. Uh, because boy, are you right on that. Uh, this week is way too early. College football coaching carousel predictions. Some of these things are already happening here in the college football world. Yeah, it's not. I I put way too early on the prep sheet, but I think it's just early. I don't think it's way too early anymore. Yeah, it's, it's appropriately early. Yeah, I think. Yeah, <laughs> um, because here we are. And we're moving into week 12, and decisions are being made. Um, the biggest news of this weekend, Jimbo is gone. Told you. Yes. Uh, you told or you told us so, Dan. I What was this, a week or two ago? I've been telling you all year, Jimbo's yeah. not surviving. And I pretty confidently answered you, like, no, he's fine. But that's kind of what we've become numb to, was like, well, they make a bowl game. Yeah, he's still going to make it because the contract's so big. And it's like, oh, yeah, sure, he's going to stick around. No more. It has finally expired. The patience, Ross Bjork said, bye-bye. And they sent him packing for a cool $76 million. Jeez. And I think it's half of that or something. He's due within like 60 days or something. Something crazy like that. And then his first payout, I think, starts after 120 or 180 days. What a New Year's Eve for Jimbo oh, Fisher. <laughs> he's going to leave five Christmas trees out on the sidewalk. Oh, yeah. Like, this guy is going to be doing just fine. He was doing fine anyways. Well, all right, I want to go back to a previous point you made. You were talking about how we had become accustomed to, well, Texas A&M, you know, they're going to make a bowl. They're going to be fine. They'll they'll just kind of recoup for next year. Do you think this was them making a play for, like, we are going to try to be one of the top-tier teams. We're not just going to settle for the AutoZone Liberty Bowl anymore. Like, we're we're going for it. And this is our – this is our – the buck stops here, and we're making it happen, starting with the coach. Yeah, well, that kind of – is where this all started, right? Yeah. That's why they went and got him from Florida State. Mm -hmm. Was we're we're competing for championships. Yeah. And they just chose the wrong guy. Yeah, that just didn't happen. I know that it was a continual theme throughout his tenure to compare his record at X point to Kevin Sumlin. And it's like, dude, you just you were. You were getting Kevin Sumlin. Mm-hmm. Like you were getting those results. I mean, in Jimbo's tenure. No college football playoff appearances. The highest they were ranked were what fourth or fifth in the yeah. 2020 shortened season. No yeah, SEC that year, I think. Yeah, no SEC championships. No SEC West, quote unquote, championships, uh, titles. I guess you would say. 
it's it's just it didn't work. I mean that that's plain and simple. And Jimbo did not have that sort of quarterback guru left in him here in Texas. It looked like there was no Jamarcus Russell. It wasn't Jamarcus Russell? Um, EJ Manuel, Jameis Winston. Insert here, like his best quarterback was Kellen Mond. And that's the one that he got when he got there. Yeah. All the guys that he had at quarterback, which was kind of Jimbo's thing, they just didn't pan out. None of them that ever came through panned out. And so they just kind of kept underachieving. And if it was going to continue at this pace, it was a matter of when. And so they just kind of answered that question for us and said, yeah, now is the time. Oh, yes, Dan. I see you have your hand raised. Uh, I would like to challenge that Kellen Mond was his best quarterback because for one night, it was Zach Calzada. (laughs) (laughs) Lest we forget. Yeah, lest we forget. Old Zach. Calzada Armada. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, I mean, there's a number of things you could say, but they were going on, I don't even remember how many losses on the road in a row, he just couldn't win on the road anywhere, mm-hmm. no matter what. I mean, you play him in College Station, sure, but it's uh, it wasn't happening. wasn't happening. So they finally pulled the plug, decided, yep, we're going to pay the $76 million. We're going to start this thing over. So we have Jimbo Fisher out, but then just today, I mean, luckily before we hit this evening to record – Mississippi State said goodbye to Zach Arnett. And so now they also find themselves in a coaching search. And it seemed this one was, of course, different. There was almost like a predetermined decision to fire Zach Arnett. It was just kind of a win thing. I mean, the the whole situation with him being the coach, of course, was not planned. It was a... Terrible situation to step into, just a tragic circumstance with Mike Leach's passing. And so this wasn't ever their plan to start with. And taking anybody coming in after Mike Leach trying to replace a system when when the air raid is so specific and it's built a certain way with certain personnel, it's hard for anybody to succeed there, much less someone who just had to step right into the fire right away. Right. So it's unfortunate for Zach Arnett. I think he'll land on his feet, but they, of course, were not having the best year. They are hoping to beat Ole Miss in the infamous Egg Bowl on Thanksgiving to avoid their worst SEC record since 2006 at 1-7. So... It's not great for Mississippi State. I think the standards are different there than Texas A&M, but nonetheless. Well, they were coming into the year with some hopes. I mean, Will Rogers coming back, they felt like they had a good good squad, a decent defense, and it just didn't just yeah. never got going. So, did not pan out. Uh, so Dan, let's talk about some of these immediate replacements that we know are going to be needed and who we think might try and slide on in there. Let's start with the big one at Texas A&M. Uh, Mike Elko Yes. UTSA, Jeff Trailer, Oregon's coach, Dan Lanning. That's the top tier, way they have it here. Again, I do not agree with these names, but I'm going to read them for sake of our conversation. Lane Kiffin, Kalen DeBoer, Sonny Dykes, Chris Kleiman, and James Franklin. 
Any of these names stick out to you, Dan? You had me until the last two. Um, the last two, I don't think. But honestly, I can see Sonny Dykes sliding over. I could see it's, it makes sense, right? You got the Texas and the Texas transition, and I could kind of step up. I could see Lane Kiffin sliding over. That was the one that I was like, no. You think so? I just don't see he's built so much at Ole Miss. Like for me, Ole Miss and Texas A&M, there's not like a huge difference. Maybe Texas A&M has the resources, and of course, the state of Texas. That's exactly why I think he would do it. I, th- I okay. think there is more resources in that sense. Um, he's got more funding. He's got more facilities. He's got more of a immediate recruiting pool, which Mississippi's in a good spot. Um, you know, you're not too far from Georgia, not too far from Louisiana, not too far from Texas. But I mean, if he was at A and M, he'd be right in the heart of it. That that is why I, I could see it. But I do get your point. Like he seems pretty pretty established to, in Oxford. So yeah, I don't yeah. know. That could go one of either way. Yeah, there's a few names on this list that I just I'm not buying. One of those being Dan Lanning. No, I don't I don't buy that one. Um, can I yeah. add one? No, definitely add one. Dan Campbell. Oh, add one is into the list. Yes, yeah, so Dan Campbell. I, I he was not in this article, but I definitely got that notification separate. Mm-hmm. Prodigal son returns. So I had this conversation with someone last night. I want to get your thoughts. So I understand that. And I can I see the ties. I see the relation. But man, you make good money in the NFL. Yeah. And you make good money just being a football coach. You leave that and come to the NCAA. And now you've got to coach your football team. But you also have to stay on the phone, on the recruiting trail, keeping in touch with recruits, making visits, it's just a whole nother thing with not quite the same resources available to you as a professional team. So I, I think it'd be awesome. I think Dan Campbell would be such an exciting and invigorating presence in college station. But like, do you really give that up in, in right. the NFL? And, and the thing here? about the thing about Campbell is, and I mean, look, he's, I'm, I share a fraternity with him. I mean, we're Dan's. So I, I know his, I know his every intention to move. But uh, he's the AP number one. He's the AP number one. He's 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 the highest of the high. Um, could he do it? Oh yeah, he could do it. I mean, he t- think about Motorhead DC coming in to recruit your kid to come play for him. Oh, he would crush it. He w- he would be awesome. And yes, selfishly, I would love to have a personality like Dan Campbell in college football. But he genuinely just feels like an NFL guy. He he has spent so much time in the NFL. He's never pursued college coaching at all. He's he's been under the best to do it with, you know, Sean Payton and guys like that previously. I he does feel also he does talk about like how he goes about his business and he and he does feel like that guy that just wants to coach football. Like he wants to get up in the morning and do his workout and then he wants to go coach the team and then he wants to have a couple meetings and then he wants to go home with Holly and eat some ice cream. And go to bed at nine thirty. Like that's that's what he wants to do, and it's not to say that the NFL is easier. It's not. It's in a lot of different ways much more difficult. But there's so many different ways you have to be sharp in college football, and I just don't feel like Dan Campbell is the kind of guy to like want to carry that persona of being the ideal recruiter and being the face of a town and being the face of a program and a 
Yeah, I I don't think I see I see it either. It's just it's fun to think about though. It's fun to think. Well, about. he would be like a a more professional, if you could say the word polished version of Coach O. Yes. Like That's actually ex- the perfect way to put it. Like he's exciting. People will be fired up, ready to run through a wall because of old DC. He's a, a he's a played there, you know, he's an alumni. And that would just be just a perfect fit. But it's kind of like there's not a lot of guys that are leaving the NFL to go to college unless it was the result of their termination. So I think it would be super fun and give that kind of Coach O vibe. But it's tough to it's tough to pass that up. Yeah. So out of this list, it's kind of tough. Um, I don't know if I'm going to eliminate any other names. Um, curious if you have a name that you like uh, while you ponder. And maybe it's the same. I think my pick out of these would be Mike Elko. Yeah, Mike Elko seems obvious because he he was there recently. Um, I like Jeff Trailer a lot. It's kind of like if you're not going to go for another big contract. That's the thing. A&M okay. has made it very clear that they want to make a splash hire. They want to get somebody for the long term. And I don't feel like Jeff Trailer's that. I think Mike Elko's that. So that's probably who they call first. But yeah, Trailer Trailer's a good plan C or D. I, I like him a lot, though. I think he's going to make a program very happy at some point. Exactly. And you got the Texas roots there, or you got the Texas connection. That's right. So... It's great. Uh, we don't necessarily have to get into it, but I am curious. I'm just curious to see what happens with Jimbo now. Like, does he take this money and just kind of like Coach O just, you know, what did he say? I think he's, I'm going to go get a cheeseburger or something. I think I'm going to go get a cheeseburger. Like, I can't remember exactly he what he like, said. Uh, they told me what my buyout was going to be, and I said, which door do I leave out of? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think he said that it's enough. And then, oh, That's enough for a good cheeseburger. Or, <laughs> Something like that. I told Coco. <laughs> Gotta go hang out with the, my friend, the son, Ray Baker. <laughs> what a guy. I miss Coach O. Gosh, I miss Coach O. Oh, you don't have to miss him. You, you can see uh, like quick little clips of him walking around beaches trying to flirt with young young women. It's it's very weird. <laughs> that is weird. Yeah. But on the football field, I miss yeah. him. I miss football, Coach O. Yeah. So we'll see where Jimbo ends up see what kind of OC or uh, head coaching positions are out there. I mean, it's probably be a head coach. I don't think he's going to go back to be OC. So it may depend on what the market looks like, what he decides to do, or just be like Dan Mullen and go be an analyst. He would talk way too fast for that. God, Jimbo would be the worst analyst Could you ever. Because you see, you see, you see right here what Is they're doing a, right here. They're going to get in this formation, and then what's going to happen is he's going to audible out. He's going to audible out, and if you watch him, he's going to give a signal right over here, and then he's going to throw the ball, but he's missed the read. He's missed the read, so he's put it way too far on this side of the field, and that's where the interception come in. There's my Jimbo for you. That's incredible. That's actually amazing. Ask oh, God dude. how he done his deal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, never forget that. God, Never forget that. How could you forget? I don't think we'll see him as an analyst at Alabama. I no. have a hunch. No, 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 no. <laughs> oh, me. Well, we'll see where Jimbo goes. Um, of course, there are openings that have been there now with Michigan State and Boise State. Um, this is kind of a wider bucket, you know, a little more group of five names in there. I've yeah. seen Oregon State's coach Johnson, Jonathan Smith throw it around. Of course, that's not group of five. Um Toledo's coach, Jason Candle. 
Um, Lance Leipold, I see his name in this mix. He's going to get some calls. He's, gonna he's done a lot. lot. He might even get an A&M call. You think he might get an interview at least? He might get an interview. I mean, he's not too far away. I mean, sure. I would do it if I was A&M. I would, I would give him a call. Sure. Um, a name popped up on this list for Michigan State, Mark Stoops. I'm just like, why? No. no. Why? No. That would make no sense. No. Um, watch that to be what happens. I'll just be totally wrong. Um, you've got also um, Colorado's OT, Sean Lewis, as well as offensive analyst Pat Shermer on here. So those are some names to think about. Uh, Chris Kleiman pops up again. And PJ Fleck and Matt Campbell come in on here, but I – I mean, I don't really know if they would – I mean, they may leave, but I don't know if they're going to get the opportunity. I'm not sure. I feel like those guys are just kind of set until they tell them otherwise. Yeah, I I could see P.J. Fleck going somewhere. Uh, I think – Row the boat, man. Like, what, who's going to pirate the ship or captain the ship? He's going to get a new ship. Matt Campbell – Matt Campbell's not going anywhere. And Mississippi State, uh, of course, this one just kind of opened up. This one's going to be kind of interesting because they're not in a great place as a program right now. No. But they've messed around in the past. It may not be anything crazy, but there's definitely some names in here like Willie Fritz, uh, John Sumrall from Troy, Jamie Chadwell, um, James Madison's coach, Kurt mm, Signetti. <laughs> no, Signetti. it's... James Madison coach is James Madison. <laughs> of course. The James Madison. The James Madison. Uh, are you worried about uh, they, losing uh, your your buddy Glenn Schumann to Mississippi State? Yeah, I hadn't finished the list, but Oh, yes. my bad. No, Sorry you're fine. Yeah. You're, no, you're totally fine. The, these coordinator names are, I think, what gets super interesting on this list. Mm-hmm. Manny Diaz, D.C. over Penn State. He's seen it with Miami. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know why he would want to leave right now. Sure. We'll talk, we'll talk about that later. Um, Jeff Levy over at Oklahoma. He's been in the SEC before. Yep. There with Lane. And then, um, yeah, Glenn Schumann is on this list as well. And it, it does worry me. Uh, somebody told me last night that they wouldn't be surprised to see A&M throw an offer at him. And I'm like, I think that's a little premature. Yeah, that would be if, – if Jeff Trailer hangs up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But I could definitely see an offer for this job here in Starkville. And I feel like one of those coordinators is a, is a good fit if they're not going to go snag one of these group of five coaches. It's tough, though, because it's like right now, I mean, Willie Fritz kind of cut his name pops up a bunch. But like, why would you leave Tulane right now? No, you won't leave Tulane. I mean, things are going I would, great. I would just wait for Brian Kelly to get fired and two years and then you just move over to LSU there you go um and like Jamie Chadwell yeah I mean Coastal Carolina to Liberty I don't really know what his plan is for his career but Liberty's doing well right now and so that'll be interesting uh one name I didn't read purposely for this somebody put Dan Mullen on the list (laughs) he wouldn't do that again now I'm gonna bring him up in a minute okay I'm, I'm gonna bring him up in a minute um all I'll right. tell you what, though. I think Mississippi State has the opportunity to do something just totally transitive for the program. 
And what it is is, I mean, you've seen what Dion has done in Colorado. His name's on the list too. Dion. Yeah. <laughs> Dion's not leaving Boulder for a while. Uh, you saw what he did in, in Colorado though. Come in, big personality, can get the recruits. He can flip a roster. He's he's straight, straight and narrow the way he goes about his business. I think Mississippi State has an alum that they can call on that can come in and be a big personality and flip the roster and get people excited about the program. And that's Barstool's Brandon Walker. I think you bring him in right away. <laughs> if I knew that it wouldn't cause a headache for you to edit this thing, I almost just left. <laughs> Almost just unplugged my mic and left this whole recording session. I'll, I'll cut that out. That's, <laughs> that was just for you. That was just for you. Oh, it was a treat, let me tell you. I, I like Glenn Schumann oh. from Mississippi State, even though it would hurt your dogs. But I don't like it. I like Jeff Levy. He's, he's my pick, I think, <laughs> out of this. I don't, need, I don't need Shoe going anywhere. All right, let's go to the um, potentials. That's more fun. Exactly. So, like, what, what could shake up? And I, I'm going to read off this list. That's that we have here in our notes as potentials. Arkansas, I, I don't know. Sam Pittman, like I don't know really know what Arkansas wants to do. I think he, yeah. they love him, and it's hard to say what their aspirations are. I mean, this is the first down year with Pittman, and they did have just two pretty good years. One of them was COVID, but I would say last year was a down year too. I mean, it was, but for Arkansas. It's like, yeah. I, I know, think but I, I think the I think first, they give Sam one more year. Yeah, I, I agree. I like Sam Pittman, but I think the frustration from Arkansas fans that I'm hearing is Sam Pittman had a very good team with a lot of talent come together two years ago, and even that season they kind of faded towards the end, but they have most of those guys come back. And he still never did anything with that team. Um, and, I mean, we've seen K.J. Jefferson. K.J. Jefferson has regressed. Like, how does that happen? Mm. I, th I think that's what people are upset about. And they're like, we saw the first interesting Arkansas team in forever come along, and then most of them came back, and they still didn't accomplish much. I think that's what Arkansas fans are frustrated about. They're just like, sure, if he couldn't do it with them, then he's not going to do it. Sure. Well, I see how long they put up with Chad Morris, and that's my only reason I think they give him another year. Hey, Chad Morris was good. It was, was bad. It was real bad. He was good at Clemson. He was, he was it was real bad. Um, next team on here, Florida. I tend to skew in that I think they give oh, one of my buddies. I love it. He calls him Sunbelt Billy. Um, <laughs> I think they give him another year. Yeah, but I he's agree. not doing himself any favors because Florida fans want answers. And that program has high expectations, and he is not bending to tickle their ears no, at all. No, he's not. I respect it. <laughs> I respect the heck out of yeah. it. Yeah. No, um, I mean, as a coach, like you can't blame the guy. Yeah. But it is hard he, he, to see where they're going. Where's the direction? That's what got Jimbo fired. Like, where's the direction? Right. He will likely get one more year with a very short leash. Like, he could be a midseason fire next He could year. be done by Halloween next year. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Like, I see Georgia blowing them out in the cocktail party next year, and then, like, Sunday morning, it's like, well, Billy Napier has, is out as Florida State. <laughs> that's, sure. what could, that's what we could be staring down the barrel of. Sure. Um, I'm going to let you take Syracuse 
as our ACC guy. Yeah, people aren't uh, people aren't happy with Dino Babers, and I know Syracuse is one of those like eh programs, but like they've got resources and they've done some interesting things in Iowa. Wise, it just hasn't turned into anything. I think people are just ready for a change up in New York. I, I think that one's probably going to open up. I think that one will be an interesting. That's one I could see maybe like a PJ Fleck sliding to or somebody like that. I know that feels like a lateral move, but I could see somebody in that vein or maybe a coordinator on the East Coast hopping up there and trying to build build a little something at Syracuse. The thought of getting an ESPN notification, you know, that says PJ Fleck hired by Syracuse just <laughs> I don't know that that would I'm like that is nothing that I aspire to see I don't know what's that it's nothing against your take Dan I'm just like do you leave Min- I mean, Minnesota Syracuse is just I don't it's a very lateral move which is probably won't probably why it won't happen is it I don't even know are you gonna sit here and tell me that Minnesota Hey, is a better destination than Syracuse? Who's the last team to three-peat? Oh, my God. <laughs> Golden Gophers. Okay. Say no more. <laughs> I, I'm done with this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there you go. Uh, maybe it depends on how good the basketball season is, what Syracuse does, how happy people are in general. If they're down in the dumps, they may pull the, pull the rug out from under them. Uh, North Carolina, you think Mac's done this year? I have a feeling Mac Brown might just retire. <laughs> this is just a this is just a thought I've had. He's had two generational quarterbacks in Sam Howell and now Drake May. And I and I genuinely just think that he's just gonna be like, eh. The interesting thing though, like for the North Carolina program and Mac Brown is like, I mean, you guys are contenders for the past couple of years for the ACC. Like, is that not what you want? Oh, I don't think this is going to be a North Carolina fan decision. I think Matt Brown's just tired. Oh, I get you. You just think yeah. it's totally based on like he's just. Um, I think he's just going to be like, well, I have my stuff. Fun. Yeah, yeah, I could see it. I mean, it's kind of surprising that he's there right now. Yes, it is. It's very <laughs> surprising. I could see it. Uh, let's go south of the border, South Carolina. I was a little surprised to see you put him on this list here, Dan. I have some sources that um, people are not happy with Shane Beamer. People not enjoying Beamer Ball? No, not enjoying Beamer Ball. And it doesn't have so much to do with their play. It has a little to do with their play. They had some, they thought they were going to be interesting coming into the year. Hasn't quite panned out. I don't think people were expecting a double digit win season or anything, but. They certainly didn't want to be on the fringe of bowl contention right now, which is where they're at. But Shane Beamer has just been so strange he's in the way he's not doing himself any favors. No, he is not. I mean, he's just he's blaming players. He's like, "Well, we had a great week of practice, but everyone just forgot the play calls." And just having weird moments like that. If you you can go back to week 1 when he was blaming the chain game for eating a hot dog, and not getting the spot right, like he 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 has been all over the place, and I think South Carolina fans are just like, dude, what are you on? 
why are you doing this? And they might be they might be ready to move on because of how some close games have played out this year. That's what, what I'm hearing. Mean? He at least took the high road and got ahead of the story on his broken foot, you know. <laughs> yeah, the broken foot. I didn't even want to bring that up because <laughs> Yeah, but that's that's just another. There too. Hey, let, let's talk about two Big Ten teams to make this thing fun and end it. You've got on the list here, Penn State, four question marks. Not because I think James Franklin will get fired. Yeah, of course. Do you think James Franklin gets a bunch of money thrown at him in one of these openings and makes a move? In a weird way, I think it could happen. Yeah. Because who would have told us that in the same season – or off-season, rather. Lincoln Riley would have left Oklahoma and Brian Kelly would have left Notre Dame. Right. Like, those were unprecedented. Like, just, we were shocked. And if you're going to go poach a coach, poach a coach, that sounds fun, uh, you're going to go get one and throw a bunch of money at him, like you said, and find someone who's experienced and established. James Franklin's that kind of guy. Like, could we see the Red Sirens James Franklin to Texas A&M, like, I would, I would be shocked, but it wouldn't be the craziest thing that's happened. It wouldn't be, and uh, I think James Franklin's just in a spot where he's like, man, I just can't be one of these other two schools. I'd like to have an easier pass somewhere else, and he might just be like, in order for me to go win big games somewhere, I might just need to change the scenery in a new a new location because it's it it's just not going to happen at Penn State if it didn't happen this year beating Michigan or Ohio State or one of those teams it's just not going to happen it's yeah so he might be like ready for a change I think Penn State fans weirdly also might be ready for a change even though they don't want him out I think sure. they're disappointed but I don't think they're like it's all James Frank I like James Franklin a lot and I think a lot of Penn State fans feel the same way but I think they're like dude when are you going to win one of these? And they might be ready for someone else to step in and breathe some new life into it. It could go better. It could go worse. I don't know. I could see something like this going down, though. Maybe like a mutually beneficent Yeah, like a, ways. let's just be friends. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Like a... I mean, not to say he would have life any easier at Texas A&M, but he would have resources that are probably a little better down in Texas. What about James Franklin to Syracuse? Dan, I'm trying not to leave, man. I'm trying to not unplug everything and just go to bed. All right, let's move along and um, let's look really quick. You've got Michigan on this list, Dan. What if Jim Harbaugh is wearing an Oakland Raider or a Chicago Bear hat and just says, all the allegations, I don't care. I'm bolting for the NFL, Pete Carroll style, and I'm just, get me out of here. And Michigan is left without a coach. Now, I think what's probably going to happen is Sharon Moore is just going to become the head coach. I mean, that that seems very obvious. But what if Urban Meyer? Oh, stop. Oh, stop it. <laughs> All right. James can, Franklin to Michigan. Oh, we can n- – no. Oh, my goodness. Urban Meyer to A&M before that. Oh, Urban Meyer goodness. to Syracuse. <laughs> Let's get wild. Yeah, I don't think that Michigan is without a coach unless Harbaugh leaves. They have shown immense loyalty to him in the midst of all this. Um, 
he 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 may could dart for the NFL. I mean, I know there was some like there's still questions, I guess, as to full suspension, and that a few weeks ago there was a report that he would still serve some sort of suspension if he bolted for the NFL. So I don't know if that plays into the decision making any, but I didn't know that actually. This changes my whole thing here. That's fine. It's okay. Why don't we get There's into a lot of our entree? Out there. Why don't we get? No, I'm ready to get entree. an entree after you. After you said Urban Meyer to Syracuse, I was ready to get out of here. I just needed to. Give well, my we thought. get into our entree and talk about these two coaches when they squared off earlier. This oh, weekend. Yeah. let's do it. Two teams who may be without coaches at the end of the year. <laughs> I'm trying to segue. I was I JK. No, he was no. It was a great segue. Uh, I'm just trying to build off this whole you know chaotic carousel. Yeah, the entree this week is a little college football recap because it's a big weekend. Um, some big games being played. A uh, few close ones, but we're going to talk about a few. And let's get right into it with these two eventually coachless programs, <clears throat> Michigan State and Penn State. Um, holy moly, did things get a little wild before kickoff? Oh, yeah. If you did not see, Big Ten came out and said, Sir Harbaugh, you will not be on the sidelines for this game. They tried to put in a restraining order in the ninth hour to get it where he could stay on the sidelines. It was too late. You know, everybody had already shut their computers down and gone home for the weekend. So there was no hopes of that. And here we go. They're going to play the game without Harbaugh. And, you, Dan, put this very well in the notes that this was not as close as the score puts it at twenty-four to fifteen. Nowhere as close. It felt like a it felt like a thirty-eight to seven game or something like that. Yeah, Michigan took care of business. Yeah, they came out and made a statement that they are not phased by the sign stealing stuff by Harbaugh being there on the sideline, not being there. Um, they just came out and, and played their game, and um, it was just insane. Blake Corum, what a guy. I mean, it was just a rushing clinic from them. McCarthy throwing his eight passes. How many did they throw in the second half, Dan? That would be zero. J.J. <laughs> McCarthy did not throw a pass in the second half. That's dumb. Yeah, that's <laughs> seven, seven for eight. I watched that whole game. And I saw that stat, and I was like, "That's that's not true." <laughs> yeah, JJ McCarthy seven for eight for sixty yards. <laughs> he only threw ten less than Drew Aller. <laughs> he was ten for twenty-two with seventy yards. There was not a lot of passing in this game. Uh, Corn and Edwards, like you said, were great. Uh, they both averaged over five yards per carry. Had almost two hundred. They had all this. All the touchdowns in this game for Michigan were from those two guys. It was a different story for Penn State's offense. They were just why don't they let Drew Aller like throw downfield? Well why why will they not let him do it? I can't tell you, man. That's it's like the if you're not getting all your yards on the ground, I mean, what do you stand to lose? Especially in a game where it's coming down to it and Yeah. You gotta go win it. You're not gonna run your way into a victory. Just just start throwing the darn thing. Just let it go. I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine. 130 yards passing between both teams in this game. <laughs> this is Big back Ten football. Yeah. Yeah, it just went back in time a little bit. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, it's a good point talking about James Franklin. It's just like, what, what is this? I mean, is this the ceiling? Is this just where Penn State is? I think it is. I like, I like James Franklin a lot. And this does feel like the ceiling for James Franklin at Penn State. It's, which is fine. Going 10 and 2 every year is awesome. But not yeah. when you got a team like this. And it felt like felt like they had one missing piece, and it was a quarterback who could throw downfield and be an elite passer. And it felt like they had that, and they just – either he can't do it or they won't let him do it. I, I don't know what it is. Sure. <clears throat> well, he may or may not be there next year. We'll see <laughs> based on our conversation. And um, at this point, we can assume that all the teams have been able to rearrange their – their signs for their plays and whatnot. And, and Michigan still just kind of being Michigan and beating teams and doesn't look like they're slowing down amidst of all this. In some way it has given them an odd fuel that is somewhat frustrating. Yeah. Um, Harbaugh says they're America's team. Yeah. That was a stretch. It was a big stretch. They're going to be playing on today. TBS next week. Oh my God. <laughs> I saw that. I was like, we're definitely talking about that today. Um, this just, it's its a little cringeworthy. Why? All right, Michigan and Ohio State, the two biggest programs in the Big Ten, two of the biggest programs nationally, why must they have this, this cringe about them? And I understand college football is emotional, but there's just something about it that just is like, ugh, like can we not? I mean... Sharon Moore loves the crap out of Jim Harbaugh. Like that whole post game press conference, he had no care for the FCC. Said, "Darned with your rules, I say what I will," and it's just, oh, uh, I don't know. It just gives me the heebie-jeebies. Gives me it's, the ick. Yeah, I don't know. It 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 is giving them such fuel, and I'm like, guys, just stop. Just stop. I agree. I agree. I mean, this is two times this year where we've had a very awkward post on the field post game interview, and it's that's what I'm saying. Yeah, Michigan and Ohio State. Yeah, like whoever wins, I'm just gonna turn the game off as soon as it's over because I don't want to hear whichever <laughs> post game speech comes, whichever sideline, whichever coach. My uh, my my dad used to do that for Dabo. Oh, really? He would let me watch the Clemson game, and then the moment that the clock hit zero, he would turn the channel and be like, I don't want to hear Dabo. <laughs> or maybe, I think he only did that once, and it was when Clemson beat Georgia in that uh, in that home-and-home home about 10 years ago when we had, uh, that was like when Aaron Murray was still playing. And the sure. moment the game ended, he was like, nope. Mm-mm. Not hearing this. Not hearing that. Not uh-uh. today. Uh, good old uh, Lieutenant Sweeney, if you watched this past weekend. <laughs> Did you not see the? Oh, oh, yeah, I saw yeah. it. I saw it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I thought they looked good. The whole coaching staff was wearing that stuff. Yes, sir. Attention. Veterans Day. It was. Yes. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Michigan minus Connor Stallions seems to still play some good football. Also, in terms of making a statement, Alabama and Jalen Milrow came out and are just each week continuing to remind people. And they're still Alabama, and that they are in this thing. Uh, they they demolished Kentucky. 
just just destroyed them. Uh, Jalen Milrow is kind of finding his groove. Um, six touchdowns in this Insane. game. Insane. Insane. Um, Can I make a comp? Go make a comp. This Bama offense to me, you remember the Niners in 2012? Oddly enough, oh. under Harbaugh. Right. Who was was that? Um, it was um, Buddy Rowe. It was Kaepernick. Kaepernick. Yes. Yeah. I don't know why in the world but, I forget his name, but yeah, it was Kaepernick. And um, who was the re- one of the, the big receiver? I don't know. Either way, that's what this offense feels like. Like they have maybe two or three party tricks they can play with, and they can hit a deep ball, and they're just so athletic and so fast and so good at it that you just can't stop it. Mm. You just cannot. That's what this feels like to me. And it's kind of fun. Yeah. Hey, Not for I mean, you. You got to play them in like three weeks, but. Yeah, we sure do. Um, <laughs> sure do. And if there's anything that we've had issues with, it's been mobile quarterbacks and um, teams running the ball, especially the outside. So that is somewhat concerning. Yeah, if Peyton Thorne can do it, look out. Mm. Yes. Mm. But yeah, dude, uh, Alabama, big win, wasn't close. Um, poor Kentucky. They were really kind of riding high there for a few weeks. Didn't know exactly what was going to come to be. They were one of our undefeated teams through what five games was it? Yeah. And um, now here they find themselves at six and four. It's uh, been a quick turnaround. How quick we've fallen. Yeah, for the Wildcats. Ever since the game against Georgia, their lone win was the Mississippi State. On the Kentucky note too. You know, there, there was kind of the expectation, and, and Devin Leary. I mean, it just kind of hasn't found its way onto the field. I don't know. It's not has not out. has not translated. If you told me before the season started that Alabama and Kentucky are going to play and, you know, Jalen Milrow being named the starter, that would continue. Devin Leary would be healthy. And one team is going to throw to 10 different receivers and just knife the defense that they're playing. And one team is going to have a horrendous offensive performance. I would have had it backwards. <laughs> mm. uh, Devin Leary, it just hasn't worked out at Kentucky. Yeah. Well, somebody tried to tell you so. But I know. You're making me look dumb. There. No, mm-hmm. you're not looking dumb at all, Dan, because you know what? We're about to make you look real good. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you called it, Dan. If you don't Mizzou. deserve me, if you don't deserve me at my preseason Devin Leary predictions, you don't deserve me at my week of Missouri over Tennessee prediction. <laughs> Tell them, Dan. Tell them. Yeah, M- Mizzou trounced Tennessee. 36 to 7. And yeah, you called it, man. We were saying, ah, the spread. I mean, well, one, let, let's not remember, rant from last week, Tennessee was favored in this game. I know, which is just. They really made that, drove that point home that they were not to be the underdog here. Missouri took that point and 29 more. <laughs> exactly. I mean, and even Drink, Coach Drinkwitz said, you know, this was a little bit of unfinished business. They came out wanting to make their own statement. Just a lot of statement wins this weekend. And, man, I know I said it last week. I'll say it again. Mizzou is good. They're a good team, dude. Mizzou is just stinking good. It's nuts. I mean, this just kind of came out of nowhere. But, I mean, the offense is good. The defense is good. 
Cody Schrader ran for 205 yards and then led the team in receiving yards at 116. He's I mean, Brady Cook. He's a football player. He sure is, brother. He's just a daggum football player. Sure is. Brady Cook, 18 for 24, 275. He outgained Joe Milton in this game. That's not something I would have expected coming into this season. Maybe even coming into this game still would have been like, yeah, Joe Milton would probably throw for more yards. You know what's so. crazy? We were talking about how good Tennessee's running game was. They they ran for 83 yards. That was it. That Missouri defense had it unlocked. They had him shut down, dude. Shut it down. I love Eli Drinkwitz. He, he's just... I love that, man. He, like, is Ted Lasso for me. Yes. I love it. Like, if Ted Lasso were to happen in real life, that would be Eli Drinkwitz. If, t- if Ted Lasso had glasses and loved Diet Coke. Well, now he doesn't always wear the glasses. That's true. That's true. Sometimes he's not. Not wearing them on the sidelines all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, Joel Milton... I don't even know. Like, I mean, when you th- when you come into this game, two hundred sixty-seven yards, twenty-two for thirty-four, you'd like to make a few more completions out of there. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But it's just not really been there for him. Kind of like Devin Leary, he kind of came in with some expectations, and it, it's just not been there. Um, they've been very dependent on the rushing, and since Mizzou kind of took that away, it was just kind of gone at that point. They didn't really yeah. have any other. Tricks in the bag, if you will. You would think, though, Milton and that cannon, the way that boy can throw some oranges, surely they'd be able to get the ball down the field and, and mount some sort of comeback, but not even close. Nothing doing. Scored uh, in the second quarter, and that was it. So it is uh, – I'm not sure whether it says more about Mizzou or Tennessee. I think both. Yeah. I'm hoping it's more about Tennessee given what's coming up this weekend. Oh, George's going to kill him. hope so, man. So we've got to go play him in Neyland. It's going to be a hostile environment, to say the least. But uh, Washington and Utah, this was a game that had a lot of hype coming into it. Washington just once again kind of plays the close game and makes it out. Um, Bad beat if you had uh, Washington to cover the spread. There was just funky stuff going on in that fourth quarter. to for that to not happen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, hey, Bryson Barnes, man, credit for coming in here. He was not going to be the starter long-term coming in the season, you know, just take over for a little bit. Man, he played a good game. He was he, good. He, he, got got a, he, t- he got off to a hot start, and then he kind of yeah. just played very efficient the rest of the way. He was, he was good. Yeah. He led the team in in – Yards through the air, passing yards, but also in rushing yards. Oh, yeah. Um, now, that's maybe why things didn't go so great for Utah. <laughs> because Bryson Barnes led the team with 39 rushing yards on six attempts. But he had a game, you know. He was he was doing his thing, and it just was not enough to keep pace with, with this Washington offense, which kind of continues to be the theme yeah. each week. Um, just a different just, year in yeah. that passing game. The goal is just to come out. And I know it makes it sound very simple, but the goal is to score more points. Like yeah. that's what it is. It's it's not how do we prevent uh, them from scoring? How do we, you know, get a few turnovers? Like it's just go out and score more. That's that's it. That's the game plan. That's pretty it. Much. 
Um, but it's continued to work. And so it would have been interesting there. Utah got the ball late. But that last drive was just, it wasn't even really on Barnes. It was just kind of sad. I think there were like two drops in there. Washington lives on. 10-0. and 0. Survive in advance. It's looking more and more like we're looking at a playoff team here. Um, we won't do much preview into next week, but I have to note while we're here. Massive game. Massive. Got to play the Beavers. And you, you want to know something, Dan? This surprised the heck out of me. Almost as much as surprised me last week. Washington is not favored in this game. I saw that. Like, what? What? How? They're 10-0. and 0. I mean, they have beaten to this point Oregon, USC, now Utah, and they're they're not favored against number 12 Oregon State? It's pretty dumb. I do it, does ESPN have some money on something like or not I guess they don't set the line, but does Vegas have something in there where there's like Washington needs the extra motivation? I don't understand. I don't either. I mean, doesn't make sense. No offense, but Penix Jr. up against DJU, I I think there's a clear-cut favored yeah. quarterback in that matchup. Yeah. I don't know, man. I've stopped trying to figure out Vegas. But the thing is, what's so odd is, I mean, you know, it's like they know something. Like, there's a reason for this. I don't know it. I don't know. Hopefully somebody does. Um. Yeah, they have a better percentage chance of winning by the ESPN matchup predictor, but maybe it's just the home field advantage. I don't know. We don't have to get into the weeds, but... Yeah, because Corvallis, Oregon is where dreams go to die. Sure. Listen, you don't just roll out of Corvallis unscathed, <laughs> man. Um, yeah, we already kind of touched on UGA and Ole Miss. Um, one quick note there. I, th- I, think, win. I think Georgia should be number one again. I mean, it's it's worth discussion, and I know that almost anything I say is not going to be taken very uh, very partially, I guess, or unpartially, impartially, however you want to say it. Um, but if you stack up the resumes right now with Georgia and Ohio State, Ohio State's best win wins, number nine Notre Dame, number seven Penn State at the time, and that's their ranked wins. Georgia. The further we get from those, the worse they look, too. Exactly. Um, and now, not to say that every win of Georgia's looks great. Some of them are aging well. Uh, they have the ranked win against number 20, Kentucky. But now with that win against Missouri, which looks a lot better this week, the win now against Ole Miss, whose lone losses are to Bama and Georgia, playing a Tennessee team this week that is somehow still ranked 13th, I don't understand, um, but so be it. I'll take it for that. Um, there's oh, they more... haven't changed. They haven't changed the rankings yet. Oh, I guess it's going by uh, CFP yeah, instead yeah. of AP. That's they're gonna I mean. they're gonna fall big time. I was thinking for some reason that um, that that was AP. That's on me. Um, but yeah, so at this point where we stand, even though Kentucky's fallen, three ranked wins. At the time, to Penn State's two, or Ohio State's two, which, like you said, are not aging great. There's a case to be made. Yeah. So, 
we shall see what happens uh, tomorrow night. Uh, FSU squeaked out against Miami with a touchdown win. Um, it's kind of a question, you know, how long can Florida State keep this up? They need to stop. <laughs> it's it's time to kick it into gear. If you want to be a playoff contender, if you want to be that team you've claimed you're going to be all year, you you got to quit playing with your food. Yeah, I mean, it kind of keeps happening. And, you know, I understand Red Bandana game. We talked about it every week, I feel like. Yeah, you can't talk about that when it's Red Bandana you got, game. Yeah. You got to throw it out. Clemson, um, ugh, that's starting to look bad. I mean, other than that, I mean, sure, the LSU win. I mean, Duke, Penn, or, well, but Duke's it was one not of those, a close game. I mean, I know there was, like, some weirdness in the in the slow start, maybe, but. Duke's one of those that, like, if Friday Leonard plays the whole game, that might end up different. Yeah. It's, I don't know. Florida State. I just don't want Florida State. I, look, I hate I hate that school to no end. But I'm also, like, I'm trying to look out for them. Like, I don't want them to just wander into the playoff, not know where they are, and then just get swatted. That's, that's not what I want for them. Sure. So either commit or just lose. <laughs> Yeah, guys, why don't you just try losing today? Yeah, just try losing. Maybe oh, Napier will get him and save his job. I don't know. That's one of those weird ones sitting there. It's hanging. It's a smelly yeah. game. That's a smelly yeah. game at the end of the year. Well, yeah, because state of Florida, it all just stinks. Smells, smells bad. Brine smells so and stuff. Bad. Um, and then Oregon, USC. This one looks close. It was not really. Yeah. No, it's uh, you know. a lot of garbage time scores for Caleb Williams. Oregon pretty much controlled that game. Yeah, no, it was it was not um, not a close one. They scored thirteen points in the fourth quarter to get yeah. it to that score. The Pac-12's fate rests on Oregon State's shoulders right now. <laughs> <laughs> that is a weird. That is a weird thing to think about. Well, you know they're gonna be one of. The lone pack too. So head coach just squeezing his, you know. <laughs> that's that's who holds. That is who holds the fate of this conference in their last dying breath. That's that guy. That guy who grabbed his, his pecs. Yeah. On you. live national television. He holds the infinity stone. <laughs> like this is just, <laughs> <laughs> it's just he's holding a lot of things. He's, <laughs> he's, he's grasping Mary Vinny. He needs things. to get his hands off of stuff. That's <laughs> stop it. Oh, he just can't help himself. Oh. That's well, Beavers. Be <laughs> that's a clip right there. Yep. Clip that. <laughs> clip it. Yep. And there we gotta snag that picture. Ooh. That's going to be a good one. <laughs> oh, well, Dan, it was an exciting, pre- I'm trying to get past this now. <laughs> okay. But yes, yeah, so it was an exciting weekend this past weekend in college football. There's some stuff this weekend. I mean, there is a ranked matchup or well, it probably won't be a ranked matchup uh, with Georgia and Tennessee in Neyland. So, so that's there. Um, Louisville, Miami, eh. 
the D2 championship first round starts. So if you really want to enjoy that. I'm actually pumped about that. There you go, man. Yeah. Um, if anyone just <clears throat> needs needs a really interesting logo to look at, go check out Central Missouri's little donkey guy. I was a little terrified seeing it, but I'm gonna have to look that up right now. Yeah, go check it out. Um I mean, your Tigers play North Carolina. That's a big game for you guys. I'm excited then, about uh, that. Yeah, the Battle of Kansas. Is there a name for this? Kansas and Kansas State. <laughs> oh, my God. I just, I just found this logo. Did you see You see what I'm talking about? Yeah. Uh, I, believe, I believe you're referring to the Sunflower Showdown. Ah, there it is. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> that's on me. How could I not know that? I've got family um, in Kansas, so I'm well aware. Nice. So that is uh, that's in there, and then of course the aforementioned uh, Washington and uh, Oregon State with he who shall not be named. <laughs> 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 and then uh, Florida and Missouri play. I, I mean, I think we're fine at this point, but regardless, so that's those some games you can watch. But really, we're gearing up for next week, and holy cow, I may just have to hijack the whole show because that's going to be a you can't write a script like this show. Some fun stuff's going to be happening. Oh yeah, um, I'm already looking forward to it. We'll we might that. we we're going to do our Thanksgiving show next week, mm-hmm. and then uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna cover Feast Week. I'm gonna preview all that. We're gonna have some fun. Uh, we're gonna enjoy the holiday. We might just become a college football show for like three weeks. That, that I might, mean, that might be what happens. We will probably become a NFL show during playoffs. You know, so it's like yeah. it's only fair. You'll yeah. get your fill eventually, but college football is going to be insanely exciting we got to prioritize things in q4 that's just i mean that's what you got to do that's right it's q4 we got to close this year strong close this quarter close strong strong. guys close strong um (laughs) as if you hadn't heard that enough at whatever place of business you work at right you can hear it here Um, now (laughs) yeah well you know what's all right because we're we're about to we're about to lay it back a little easy here for a little bit for dessert dan so there is a surgeons, if you will. I don't know if you say a resurgence, but a surgeons of this singular play that's just wreaking havoc on the football world. Hyphenated, known by two words. The tush push. Push There's no stopping tush. it. Yeah. There's AKA no stopping it. Brotherly shove, which I just hate that one. I <laughs> You never heard that one? Brotherly I shove? I have not heard the brotherly shove. <laughs> Which, in an attempt, was probably to sound cleaner than the tush push, but it weirdly sounds dirtier. Oh, no, it sounds much worse. <laughs> it sounds much worse. It is much worse. Um, but yeah, so the, the tush push is is out there, and it's, no one it's can stop unstoppable. It. There's nothing... It can be done until today. Everything changes right now. NFL executives, analysts of all sorts are going to be tuning in to Lunch Hour Sports Show because you know what? We're going we're gonna to brainstorm right here, right now. They said they needed their best minds on this, so they came yeah. to us. Yeah, they said those two buffoons on the lunch hour, they've got the answer. So we're going to brainstorm a defense for the tush push. Yes. Let's make this happen. Okay. okay so what I'm thinking, um, how are you on human pyramids? I'm open to them. 
You're open to them. All right. What if I told yeah. you we line up the uh, we we're rushing four. We got a four man front. They're in a three technique. We're gonna get a layer on top of them of three men, pyramid style. Then we got two men. But here's the here's the thing that differentiates this from your ordinary everyday human pyramids. These next two men on top of the the layer of three are gonna be standing. And <clears throat> the NFL has a rule that defensemen cannot push a defender into the offensive line, but that's not what we're going to be doing here. We're not pushing. The two men are going to be holding another man, and they will be throwing, not pushing, throwing. Mm. We'll be throwing a man directly down onto Jalen Hurts. Sure. And what happens... Immediately, it's got to happen in a split second. That's why practice is perfect, makes perfect on this. We're going to throw a man to him. The moment that he is left from the hands of the two, the layer of two men, the layer of three lunges forward over top of the offensive lineman to hit the running backs head on so that the man who was launched can use that leverage to now pull back Jalen Hurts and no no gain on the play. That's that's what I'm seeing here. Sure. I can I see where you're going with that. Mm-hmm. Um I, I really like the the hurling, the launching mm-hmm. of the players. I think that's innovative. We you're, call it the launch hour sports show. That's that's what this play is hour. called. Yeah. Yeah. So the guys are getting up the line, launch hour, launch hour. Launch hour. That's the audible. Launch okay. time. Launch time. Launch party for your office rooms. Launch party. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, so uh, I can I can get with that. You know, I was almost thinking, and similar to your launching idea, you know, someone going vertical, like when it comes to the the field goal blocks, you know, you've got guys jumping in the air and going crazy or whatnot. I need someone lined up maybe five yards, <clears throat> 10 yards off the line, timing the snap to where he goes airborne over the line. And if you've ever seen the little wrestling move where they kind of like come off the top rope and grab the dude and like... Oh, an RKO. going to be kind of like an RKO. Yeah. Okay. It's very hard to describe this for a for a verbal and audio medium. But yeah, he he grabs him and totally stops his momentum and just kind of like yanks him down, pins him, you know, where now his shoulders are on the ground and he's got this joker around like the waist or or the chest or something. But I, I think too much of our weight and the distribution is going is going horizontal here. We we gotta get somebody in the air. Yes. We gotta get something happening that is going to get across this movement. And, you know, it's like, well, the play happens so fast. But, like, if you if you time this snap up right, you're in it. Yeah. I mean, we're this guy isn't back here clapping and all this stuff. Now, we got to push, push. We got to keep player safety, you know, here, uh, which the pyramid keeps everybody safe. So that's that's why I'll fight for my pyramid. Um, well, so here's what happens. You've got the practice squad guys, okay? <laughs> There's one dude. His position 
His position is what we call the rocket. Okay. So uh-huh. this one guy, you, you hold you hold the auditions or whatever you want to call it in practice, and one man has been assigned as the rocket. And and on this one play, because it's not like anybody's like, oh no, rockets in the game. Like it's the tush push. We know what's about to happen. Right. So just as much as we know that they're about to go push the tush, they about, know that the rocket's coming. We're about to launch that rocket. We're about to launch a rocket, baby. Everybody knows it. Everyone knows what's happening when yes. this play goes down. It's just a matter of who has got the timing, who has got the finesse. This seems like a very brutal play. No, 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 no. Don't be mistaken. Well, this I'm, wor- is I'm starting finesse. to worry about Jalen Hurts' life because if if he's being pushed by running backs, yet we're grabbing him by the head to to pull him down. I think we might see a decapitated Jalen Hurts. That's what I'm worried about. Player safety got to keep it in. Got to keep it intact. Well, luckily, Jalen Hurts has been provided protective equipment in okay. his helmet and and his shoulder pads. Um, the 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 role of of the helmet and the back of the shoulder pad will will prevent any decapitation. So I think we're good there. Okay. I think the Eagles have cracked the code on how to always run this play because the only defense that is equipped to stop the tush push, the only defensive front seven equipped is the Philadelphia Eagles front seven. Mm. So I think you just go sign all their players. Go get Fletcher Cox, go get Jordan Davis, go get go get uh, Carter and all those guys and just see if you can scrum it. Um, well, hey, you know, we've given some solid options, I think, and we'll see one of them on Sundays. I don't know which one, but somebody will do one of them. Yeah, they've, and we're sending this to the highest chain of command. Yeah, and it'll just, it'll just be a little trial and error. I mean, maybe you try one, the pyramid first. Maybe you don't escalate so quickly at the beginning, but, you know, de- drastic times call for drastic measures. Yeah, I, I think it goes in the order that we presented them. I think, um, I think you go pyramid and then you go rocket. Look, we had to go to a dark place to fi- to figure out a way to stop this play. Well, the tush push is a dark play. It is. Um, You're pushing it, tushes. It's evil. It's inherently evil. Yes. So, <laughs> oh, I was about to say. I was about to say something. Yeah. Good. Good. Good move. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good move. That was going to be your biblical reference of the week. Yeah, <laughs> Thanks yes, for keeping that, that one in. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I'm going to leave that in for those who uh, study their biblical uh, teachings. Uh, Oh, me. Oh, wow. I did not know where this was going to end up. What what an episode. (laughs) What an episode. Um, You asked us, remember, you asked us to stop the tush push and it's done. So you're welcome. You're welcome. You'll you'll never have to witness it again. Um, well, maybe one more time. But as always, thank you guys for listening to the Lunch Hour Sports Show. If you've not already, go like the podcast, follow the podcast wherever you listen. Drop us a five-star rating. That would be an immense help. Uh, we appreciate it. Appreciate you listening. But uh, any support just in clicking those buttons is greatly appreciated. Hey, go like us on Facebook at the Lunch Hour Sports Show. On Instagram, Lunch Hour Sports. We're dropping some fire reels every week. And 
my spidey senses tell me you're going to want to follow this week, especially because there's going to be some interesting content that drops as a result of this episode. So stay tuned for that. Uh, Share those with a friend. But if anything, double tap for a like. And we greatly appreciate that support in any way. And so thank you guys, as always, for listening. I'm your host, Jake, joined as always by our co-host, Dan. We appreciate it. And until next week, this has been the Lunch Hour Sports Show. See y'all next time.